you only have so much time. And you have a big assignment. I want the entire world to hear the gospel in my generation. I want every person on this planet to be saved. We open God's Word today together to be subject to it, to be taught by it, to be instructed. Let's go. What you're saying right now is, how did we get here? Well, because people do not believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, that's where it is. Yep. Being Reformed is more than just affirming the five solas. It's more than just affirming Tulip. No one is outside the reach of Christ and His blood. If we are truly Reformed, there should be a sanctification, a desire to be sanctified by Christ, by holding onto as tight as we can the one who makes us white as snow. You can no more born yourself again than you born yourself the first time. Just so that you guys don't think we're just pulling stuff out of our cans here. Welcome to Matter of Theology. A.G. Martin, Chris Huff, just us two. Nick's on vacation. So where's he at? The beach? He is at the beach, man. He and his wife are enjoying a week away. I know it's been very busy for them, so good for them. We miss you, uh, buddy. We love you. Have a great fantastic fantabulous week and i'm jealous because i'm a pirate and i belong at the beach i i don't know what to say to that mm. I, I don't know how to I, li I literally don't know how to respond to that uh, well you just agree <laughs> anyways <laughs> this episode we're going to be just kind of downloading some information that we gained at the shepherds conference because we never really did that yeah. so we thought this would be a good week to do it to just come together and just Talk about what took place at the Shepherds Conference. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, what uh, what an opportunity and experience. I'm I'm flipping through uh, my phone right now, uh, looking at pictures um, from uh, from the the day we left, um, and, and my wife was sending me pictures of of my son, and uh, we took some pictures that morning uh, just because I was going to be gone for a week. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Um, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, I do. I do know where to start. Um, you know, so often we, uh, and I've been listening to, uh, and, and, and Drew knows this, uh, uh, listening to and reading, uh, through, uh, preaching and preachers by Martin Lloyd-Jones. And, uh, in the second, towards the end of the second chapter in the beginning of the third, he starts talking about, um, uh, uh, the, the, the primacy of preaching in the church, uh, the purpose of that, why it has to be primary. Um, and, and one of the, th one of the many things that he starts to unpack, uh, and, and if, by the way, side note, uh, if you are a, a, a pastor or preacher, uh, or have a desire to teach God's word, uh, in any way, shape or form, you need to read this book. Um, I'm, I'm three and a half chapters in, no, no, two and a half chapters in, almost done with chapter three. Uh, and um, wow, wow. Uh, the, the doctor is, the Lord is using him uh, to perform surgery on me. 
uh, right now, um, which, uh, which that was a silly doctor joke, but it's the truth. Um, but he starts talking about the dangers of, I'm, I'm rambling, I'm sorry, the dangers of radio and television um, uh, replacing uh, people going to church mm. and experiencing that in person. It's pretty prophetic. It's very prophetic. This was in 1966 that he gave these lectures in the first edition of the book, I believe was released in 1971. I believe I could be wrong. Um, But but it is prophetic because it was radio and television then. Mm -hmm. And now what we end up finding um, and we experience ourselves is so many people who profess to be Christians, um, they rely on the meat that they get from Scripture and their quote-unquote experience uh, with church to well, I can just watch, um, I can just watch MacArthur online. I can just watch Piper online. I can, you know, whoever it is. And just to I, I think of you know, uh, and 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 I think the reason I'm saying that, and and that's dangerous, by the way. Yeah. Uh, that's not what we're called to, and that's one of the reasons that actually Lloyd Jones objected to having his tapes um, released. And, and, and he was quoting George Whitfield, and George Whitfield also had the same objections to putting his sermons in print because he says, George Whitfield said, you lose the lightning, and there's no way to communicate the lightning and the thunder. That's right. Um, but then uh, what I'm getting at with the Shepherds Conference is from moment number one, when we walked into Grace Community Church, there was a palpable um, feeling almost that could be that you could you could you could cut, mm-hmm. um, of the from from the 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 volunteers, and I think we're probably going to end up talking about that a lot today. Yeah. The volunteers of Grace Community Church. If if any volunteers from Grace Community Church listen to this, I cannot thank you. We cannot thank you enough for allowing God's word to take root in your life and to sanctify you and to turn you into a servant um, to where, you know, I mean, you guys showed what Paul talks about in Romans 1 in verse 14 when he says, I am under obligation to both, you know, Greeks and barbarians, both the wise and the foolish. And of course, he's talking about preaching the gospel there. But you guys, for crying out loud, I mean, you guys bent over backwards to make all of us and I think I could probably confidently, and I know I could because of the survey that was on the app, mm-hmm. I could confidently say that I speak for uh, an overwhelming majority of the men who were there attending the Shepherds Conference that we felt God's love through you. Mm-hmm. I mean, for crying out loud, Nathan, Nathan Busnitz, and I hope I'm not butchering his name. I think I kind of am, but that's, I'm sorry, Nathan, <laughs> if you ever hear this. His wife was serving food. And... And every single volunteer that was serving food would look at you in the eyes, mm-hmm. see how you were doing, mm-hmm. smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else I can get you? Mm-hmm. I mean, man, it was just unbelievable from moment number one, right. from registration, right? 7 a.m., mm-hmm. Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. uh, it, everybody's tired, everybody's pumped, everybody's excited, not knowing what to expect if you've never been. And there was a lot of people that had never been there mm-hmm. before. Um, but I think that, that, that was one of my first takeaways. Um, and, uh, um, man, you guys lived out Romans 12, nine through 14, 13, um, where you guys were, were, were so loving and, 
uh, so caring. And I mean, I had an issue with my name badge, mm-hmm. right? Uh, now my first, uh, you know, I go by Chris, but my first name is Christopher and, and that's a long name Yeah. there. And these name badges aren't very big. And so it cut off the C at the beginning and the R at the end. So it was histophy, uh, or histophe. Um, and, and that just sounds offensive. And, uh, so man, I went into the, like the, the volunteer, uh, area and, and, oh my, they were so busy and it was so crazy. Uh, but they were like, oh man, yeah, absolutely. We'll get that fixed for you. You know, do you want to keep both of them as like a memento? I mean, it was just, it was just silly stuff like you that. You want to remember when we messed up your name? Yeah. Yeah. You want to remember badge. when we called you histophy? Um, but man, what an incredible experience, uh, as far as, uh, as far as that, that, that goes, Th- those are my opening thoughts. I'll now, well, turn it over to you. For I mean, I mean, let's just stay on that for a minute. So if you ever go to conferences, right, you, you expect that on day one, you don't expect that on day five. Right. 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 And, and so usually by day five, people are, they're tired of being there. They're tired of serving other people, but no, it's, it was what you got on day one was what you got on the very last day. And well, why don't, that was, that was the last day. Mm-hmm. That sure. that, I mean, one of the ex- the experiences that solidified mm-hmm. that this is in- these people are incredible. Yeah, for us, t- tell a story, man. So so we we park our car and we're walking across the street and um, just get on get on the other side of the sidewalk and walking into the church and I see this guy and it's everything's this Scottish plaid uh, sequence because of MacArthur's heritage and. Uh, I just noticed this guy's tie, and I said, man, that's a nice tie. Where can I get one of those? And he goes, here, have it. He just takes it right off. He's like, here, you want this? He just gave and, it to and, me. And, and, and Drew's and like, like, wait, no, 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 no. I'm He's like, no, 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 take it seriously. He's taking it off. Yeah. and I'm like, just like, dude, I'm joking with you. Like, I like it and stuff, but I'm just kidding. And he yeah. goes, nope, here, have it. Oh, he has a nice tie, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this, you, you can't say enough about the people that serve. And what that is is a testament to 50 years of faithful preaching of the word at Grace Community Church. And, and, and that's what I was getting at uh, in a very roundabout way. Um, exactly. Because I have, over the last four years, five years, uh, personally listened to a lot of, uh, of Dr. MacArthur's messages, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I've, I've told you this, uh, but my, my wife, uh, her family is from California. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife went to Grace Community Church from the time she was three months old until age 12. Um, and, and she remembers a few times that they got to go into big church. Uh, and so when I was sending her pictures of the, of the sanctuary, of the children's area and stuff like that, she's like, oh my gosh, I remember this and I remember that. Well, that looks different. And, but one of the things that I have always admired about my wife's family is the way they show love. Mm-hmm. They are solid people. Uh, as far as their the 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 foundation of biblical truth, um, and uh, you know Nick uh, Nick our, our Nick uh, he's married to my wife's sister. So not only are Nick and I brothers in Christ, but we're brothers in law slash love as well. Um, we're family, um, and but that entire family. One of the things that marks them is that unconditional love that they show. Um, and I've seen that and always marveled at that, um, and, and been convicted by that because I don't always love in that way. Right. Um, but to go to grace and, and, and I always knew that was why, 
in my head, you mm-hmm. know? But then you see it and you're yeah. like, oh. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Yeah. And so, um, so, so, so all that being said, and I, I've listened to uh, Grace to You has a wonderful app where they have literally all of John MacArthur's messages that he's preached at Grace Community Church and and elsewhere for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Free. Thousands upon thousands of expositional sermons for free. Uh, they're not plugging me to say that, but uh, uh, no one's plugging me to say anything, which is good. Um, but, uh, but man, uh, and I've watched uh, Grace Online because uh, sometimes they'll do live streams and stuff like that, and it's always wonderful and beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. But being there in person takes it to a different level. I've listened to, and I told you this, man, I've listened, I listened to every single session and breakout from Shepherd's Conference in 2018 and most of them for 17. And I'm starting to go back uh, and listen to other years as well, just because there are some great topics yeah. that I've been studying personally, but to be there. And this is what Ann Lawson told us at G3, right? Um, but to be there in person and to experience that yeah. Uh, was a tremendous blessing, and we haven't even gotten to the teaching yet. That's right. Uh, this is just the experience of being there. That's from walking in the door. That's from walking across Roscoe Boulevard, <laughs> walking in, standing in line, and and people are, do you, hey, do you want to bring you some water? Bring you coffee? Bring you food? You don't have to go get it. They're just wanting to bring it to you. So, um, so yeah, just just being there and experiencing that in person is is huge. And uh, you know what, what else ahead. was cool. When we went into the seminary, and then we went upstairs, and we're kind of just looking around, because if you've ever been like into a college campus or whatever, you go around the offices, people are like, you can't be in here. We're, we're standing out there, and they just walk, hey, you guys want to come in? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey yeah. come on in here. Yeah, you, come on you, in. You don't have to stand out there. Come <laughs> no, on in here. Come on in here. Uh, which, which was incredible. Uh, I mean... They had, uh, speaking of the seminary, I mean, one of, one of the highlights for me, um, and I've already mentioned him once, but man, the Lord is using uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones so much in my life personally right now uh, and, and, and professionally as well, um, but uh, to, to see his prayer desk. Like, that, that he gave that, that, to, that, to that Christopher Catherwood, uh, which, was, uh, which is uh, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones' grandson, uh, the Catherwood and, and Lloyd-Jones family gifted this prayer desk uh, that, that Martin Lloyd-Jones sat at and prayed and prepared sermons uh, to Dr. MacArthur on his 50th anniversary. And they had that on display. I mean, and not like on display in like a glass case where you can't go near it. I mean, it's literally you can reach out and touch it, mm-hmm. um, which, which, which was huge. And look, it, it, I'm not saying that, ooh, it's like, you're gonna get the anointing. Yeah, from that. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to grave suck or desk suck, uh, and 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 forgive the language, but I I didn't coin it. I'm I'm coining something that people do. That's necromancy. Anyway, um, that's not what we're talking about today, Chris. Stay focused. Um, but that was that was incredible. But just just overall, uh, I mean, just being there on campus, seeing. Uh, you know, and, and they, they have this, these banners everywhere that say the work of the word, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, and if you talk to, and, and listening to Dr. MacArthur on the last day, he's like, look, this is not, I'm nothing special. I'm not some, I don't have extra anointing. I'm not this special guy. I it's, it's, it's the work of the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's, that, 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 that's it. I mean, it just, and, and it shows. And so, 
to see people that had the same mentality and, and as far as how to serve, literally bending over backwards for you um, uh, as much as they can uh, was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, fr- from moment number one. So that, that is one of the first takeaways I want to talk about today in case people are like, okay, I've heard enough. I'm going to stop listening now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's get into some of the teaching, some of the things that we learned oh, and gosh. took away from it. I mean, st- I mean, geez, where to even begin there? Uh, I mean, I guess we can begin with Dr. Well, MacArthur's well, well, opening. Well, <laughs> well l- let me ask this question. Out of all the sessions, both in the, in the main auditorium and breakout sessions, which one impacted you the most? Says the guy who already knows the answer. That's right. That's why I asked the question. Uh, there were a few. I, I'd say the most as far as overarching, um, and this may surprise people uh, that know me, but it wasn't one of the, the plenary sessions. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of the main sessions. It was Dr. Stephen Lawson's breakout uh, on the, the unresolved resolutions mm-hmm. of Jonathan Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the one, and, and flipping through my, my journal, uh, my notebook that I took with me, there were a few, um, there were a few different uh, sessions and, and that, that I just literally could not stop writing. Uh, and I was grateful that the Lord gave me a little extra brain power to be able to write and listen at the same time because I don't write the fastest, although I am getting, I am getting better at that. Um, yeah, so we, uh, uh, each of the main session speakers took a prominent character, not character, person, not character, sounds like it's fiction, um, person in church history, uh, everybody from, um, Rutherford, Spurgeon, Calvin, and uh, Steve Lawson had Edwards. Um, I wanted to go to Edwards uh, because he was the one that I knew. He and Rutherford were the ones that I knew least about. Um, and um, the Lord in his sovereignty uh, uh, made that happen. Um, and uh, what it was an hour and a half. Um, but the most of the week for me, if I had to pick one, if someone said, Chris, you have to pick one, one moment, uh, one session that, that, uh, to, to quote Dr. Lawson fired a rifle shot. Mm -hmm. And I, and I posted this on, on my Instagram, uh, and as when I took, when we took a picture with, with Steve on Saturday, but, um, to fire a rifle shot in my heart, it was this, um, and so Dr. Lawson just walked through uh, a, a, a brief biography of Jonathan Edwards um, and, and, and had a lot of quotes uh, from him and, and come to find out at, at when talking with him afterwards, and I have a fun story to share about something he wrote my Bible for me. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, this was the one, he was kind of one of the last ones to decide who he wanted to, to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, man, I, I really, he really wanted to do Spurgeon or Calvin uh, but then when it was just kind of like he had to do Edwards and he hadn't in a long time. Side note, I did find uh, the first teaching on YouTube that he did. Yeah. Um, They're on sermon audio as well. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it was, it was the same content, mm-hmm. right. but the way he delivered it at shepherds, uh, as far as the delivery goes, um, I'm glad that that was the first time I heard it. 
uh, because every time he would say resolved, he would it would it, it, it was like a call to attention. Mm-hmm. He'd pop the pop the desk res, resolved. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, you can hear the springs there. Um, and uh, and and it just it, it, it made you listen. Yeah. Um, but and, and that when he does that, it shows it, it's to, to keep your attention, right? Mm-hmm. But it shows the impact of the word. Correct. Resolve. Correct. Correct. And and I think that impact, as in Edwards would want it to, yeah, to to the impact yeah. he would want it to have. Right. So um, so he walk he didn't walk he walked through the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards, and if you don't know about that, Jonathan Edwards wrote um, seventy resolutions um, uh, after he became a pastor at eighteen years mm-hmm. old. That's right. By the way, yeah. he, um, he he wrote these as an eighteen or nineteen year old kid. Yeah. who just became a pastor. I, I mean, and he was saying things like, "Oh God." stamp eternity on my eyeballs um you know uh that, that he resolved never to lose one moment of time mm-hmm. and he said wasting time is wasting god's ascribed glory the time must be redeemed mm-hmm. um and i mean it was that was the one i think that got me uh the most but but uh as far as that is you know and and steve talked to i mean unpack that to where we know in conversations and, and episodes past that, uh, that, that God has his intrinsic glory mm-hmm. that is immutable, never changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, but there's also that the ascribed glory mm-hmm. that he desires and wants for each of us to give to him. That's why we worship. Uh, and so he was talking about wasting time. Uh, and, and that was one of the things I, th- I, I think that, that, that got me, uh, in fact, I don't think I know it was as far as what are you, what are you doing with the time? Um, and, and is it the wisest use of the time and does the, does what you're doing at any given moment, is it giving to God the ascribed glory do his name because of those intrinsic attributes? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I wrote down in my journal multiple times, it's time to get serious. Um, and, uh, you know, you cannot afford to waste any more time. Uh, God, and, and one of the things that, that Steve said, and this stuck with me, is God has already foreordained the works for you to do, and that hasn't changed. Um, so what, what are you doing to... Uh, you know, to, to complete those works. Um, and let me, let me, let me clarify something real quick. Uh, we are not saved by those works. That's right. We're saved by grace alone, faith alone, and Christ alone. That's Salvation right. is completely of his works, his works. We are saved by works, but not his ours, works, his right. works. Um, we're not sanctified by our work, but his work that's right. through the word, by the power of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't absolve us of responsibility. It doesn't absolve us of seeking him That's right. um, because Jeremiah tells us that he will be found when he is sought with all of our heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, that was it. That, 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 was, that was the one session. Um, now, in talking about Edwards, uh, Dr. Lawson pointed out this was not just a season in his life. Correct. As because many of us, w- because I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out there because it applies to me. Because we're lazy, right? Because I'm lazy, I find an excuse to go. Eh, it's just not this season in my life, right? No, I'm just lazy. Okay, with with Edwards, this wasn't just a season, but this was the supreme passion 
of his heart. That 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 was to to be as godly as he could be, to be as Christ-like as he could be, relying on the power of God to do so and not waste any time in doing it. Yeah, and in fact, I mean, he said that, that his desire was to be, I'm, I'm looking for the quote, I have it written down here somewhere. Uh, his desire was to be the most... Uh, Christ, Christ-like Christian there on it planet is. Earth. There it is. Resol- that is Resolution uh, 63. Oh, there it is right there. Yep, there it is right there. Uh, he wanted to be the most Christ-like Christian that ever lived in his generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you think about that with with all with all of our might, right? Um, and and that's um, that reminds me of uh, Romans twelve and verse eleven. And here Paul is talking. This section in Scripture, the NAS, the non-Arminian Standard Bible, as Daryl Harrison calls it. Uh, thank you, Daryl, um, for that. And by the way, um, hope I don't offend anybody, but if I do, I'm sorry. Uh, but this section is called dedicated service. And of course it starts with, therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living and holy, uh, living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So he walks through, for the first part, um, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and then he gets down to, starting in verse 9, uh, after he says, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor, uh, literally be in horror of, um, and, and the Greek word there, where did it go? Uh, the Greek word is apostageo, um, and, and it literally means to abstain from or have horror of anything that is evil. Uh, so then what I'm getting to is verse 11. Eventually, I'm, I'm getting there, but I just wanted to put, there, put it in context for people. Um, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Verse 11, not lagging behind in diligent, diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So that word fervent there literally means to be set on fire. Mm-hmm. That's how we are to be in spirit, and that's how Jonathan Edwards was. That's right. He was literally, like, like Martin Lloyd-Jones says, I mean, just douse himself in, in gasoline and light yourself on fire. <laughs> so, um, and, 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 I mean, he pursued sanctification, um, and uh, all while the, having this incredible prayerful dependence on the Lord, serving the Lord. So Romans twelve eleven is something that he embodied and lived out, and uh, and it was so it was it was a rebuke to me, mm-hmm. in in some ways. I mean, because I know that I mean that there are and there are areas in my life where where I feel like I was being uh, slothful, that I was um, wasting time. Yes, but then there are areas when I was like not necessarily wasting time, but not not making the best use of the time. Um, and, uh, and, and so, so it's been, so the, the time management and organizational piece of that, the practical piece of that has been something that I've been working on since we've been, since we've been back. Um, but then, uh, you know, but then also from, from Jonathan Edwards, it, it, uh, um, during my week that I read church history, I'm reading the great awakening right now. Mm-hmm. And it took me forever to get going with that because it's a difficult read. Yeah. But then once I got through the first chapter, the introduction was took, felt like it took me forever. Once I got through the first chapter, it was just like I started getting used to the writing, mm-hmm. um, and I can't put that book down. Mm-hmm. It's been difficult for me to stick to my schedule, um, and what I'm doing, by the way, uh, just as far as time management, 
uh, is each week of the month I'm taking a different topic to where that week, uh, topic's a bad word. I mean, not like a bad word, like a dirty word. I mean, just meant like probably not the best word that I could use. But anyway. Subject. Subject. My man. Thank you. Um, to where I'm reading, like my week one, which we're in week one of April right now. Mm-hmm. My week one is what I'm, what I'm, and I'm studying Romans right now. Mm-hmm. That's my personal time in scripture, spending at least an hour in Romans each day. Um, and, uh, but then... Uh, I'm each, each, whatever I'm reading, whatever extra biblical resource I'm reading is week one is preaching, pastoral ministry, leadership. Um, all of that is week one, week two of the month, uh, church history. Mm. Week three, uh, is, uh, is some more leadership stuff. And, um, and then week four is worship personal worship, corporate worship, as far as, um, worship and song, um, or, or, or how we worship as a way of life. What, every, every, any and everything all worship. So that could mean reading the book we just gave away maturity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a personal worship kind of deal. So I've, I've been doing that. Uh, I started actually the week that we went to shepherd's conference that, and, and, and it was just a conviction one day and I was just like, Hey, I'm going to try this. And everybody around me was like, Hey, good luck with that. That's, that's hard. <laughs> um, and it is hard for me because I just, I pick up multiple books at a time and then I put them down and it takes me years to finish a 200 page book when, when if I'm diligent about it, I can, I, I should be able to do a chapter a day for a week. And then, so in two months it's done. Yeah. Um, and so week one, we went to shepherd's conference, which is all about pastors and preaching mm-hmm. and leadership. So I didn't really read anything. I took books with me, which was stupid, by the way, I know. if you <laughs> ever go to the shepherd's conference, don't. Just books. take your scripture and a notebook. That's right. Because uh, they're going to give you books. You're and going you're gonna to buy books, um, and, and and so it, you're not going to have time to to sit down and have focused reading time, except for in scripture. But then all the information that you're taking in, then you're also not going to really have. Well, I mean, you might, you might have more brain power than me. I don't know. Probably most likely everybody does, but, um, is you're going to want to digest and let what has been poured into you, uh, sink in and let the Holy spirit use that time in scripture to, 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 to do what he's going to do in you. Um, so if you ever go to the shepherd's conference, don't buy, don't, don't take any books with you. That's right. I, I, I made the mistake of taking a few books with me. And one of them was a book called some pastors and teachers, which is 700 pages of Sinclair Ferguson's essays on John Owen, John Calvin, other pastors and and preachers. And basically that book is reflecting on what every biblical minister should be Uh, great book, by the way. Um, But I I didn't touch it. Yeah. I took it with me. I looked at it in the airport. I started to look at it on the plane, but there was turbulence going out. So I I wasn't going to be able to read. And, and, and I chose to waste my time uh, watching Netflix on the way out, just just in the in the in the interest of full disclosure. Um, but yeah, see, you should have listened to Wretched like I did. Uh, but uh, so um, so yeah, it was. Um, so I've been I've been I've been trying to stick to that, and um, uh, and 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 so far this month has gone really well. Uh, I know I'm in, only in the first week, but the, but the rest of the month was was good. Um, but it's just given some structure, some needed structure. Um, you know, something that he said in there is time is lost forever. Mm. Once you, once you, you can't get back time. That's right. Once it's gone, it's gone. My son will never be three years old after he's three years old. 
Um, you know, and that, that, that's a small example with what, um, what Dr. Lawson was talking about. So, um, so I'll stop there. I'll shut up because I've been talking a lot. What about you? And it's okay if it's the same one. It doesn't have to be. It can be a different one. No, you know, it's so easy for me to say anything by Steve Lawson, right? Because I listen to a lot of Lawson. I'm a Lawsonite. Um, <laughs> but a uh, fun word. Uh, I, I think probably one that really stuck with me was Joel Beakey's on criticism. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah, you told me that we've talked about that. Just because why? So one I do preach sometimes through you, you know, youth services and, and things like that. So th- I have to take certain positions, right? According to conscience and scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh sometimes it's looked down upon. Mhm. Right by people, you get criticized, um, and I run a podcast. Anytime you step out in front like that on a podcast, you're going to get criticized. It happens to everybody. As soon as you make hard lines and say, this is what Scripture says, people don't like that because it interferes with the view they want to have of Scripture rather than what Scripture says. So one of the things that he said that I definitely took away was whenever you step out in front, you're going to get kicked in the back. And, I mean, it is so true. Whenever you take the lead and you start showing truth, stepping out on truth, someone else is going to be behind you throwing rocks at you. So that was just one of the things that, that, that really hit me. Yeah. So it, it, it was one of those af- affirming things that as long as I am rooted in Scripture, that is my final authority, I'm not in the business to please man. I can only please God. So regardless of... It, y- Someone says, I don't like what you said. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you don't like that. Um, I, you, I, I'm sorry if it even came out wrong, right? If you took it wrong. Um, but let, let's get an open Bible and let's look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I am not above being teachable. So if I have it wrong, I absolutely want to know where I have it wrong. But. Just like Martin Luther said before the Diet of Worms, he stands upon Scripture. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless he's convinced of Scripture and plain reason, he cannot waver from his position. So it was just one of those that as long as I hold fast to what the Word of God says, in the context and the meaning that the author intended it, I'm on safe ground to glorify God and not glorify man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's, uh, it, and I have, uh, I have the notes from from that message in front of me as well, and I, it was two and a half pages uh, of those those ten points that he made as far as dealing with criticism. Now, now, I, I, one thing, I, 
that he did say that I, that I will throw out there too is the critic, right? Someone who criticizes you, consider their motive, right? Because I, because I know what I just said sounds bad as if it, if if everyone that criticizes me cr- criticizes me, or or or, or you or or whoever you know for for stepping out and 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 preaching truth. Um, what I just said sounds bad and as, as though their motives are completely wrong. Uh, but that's not true because I ha- I do have people who would uh, be critics of mine, but that, that do love me and they know my heart. They know my heart and I know their heart. So that I know if ever they, they call me or they text me and they say, hey man, I don't quite agree with this, but let's talk about it. Great. You know, I know your mo- your motive is for me to do better next time, right? Maybe there was something I didn't communicate clearly and it could be taken the wrong way. And your motive is for me to just next time speak clearer. Hmm. That way things don't get jumbled up and lost in translation. Yeah, yeah, and and that was point 2 that he made. He said consider consider the motive and consider the source. Um, you know, he said uh, to listen well, make eye contact. I'm awful at that, by the way. That was that was convicting for me. I'm I I'm one of those guys uh, that I like to be doing multiple things at one time. And in fact, fun story, uh, but not fun at the time. But now I look back and I was like, man, this is hilarious. Um, so my wife, my wife was pregnant with with my son. And uh, uh, I used to used to work in the mortgage industry um, and that's feast or famine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a time of famine. I'd started at a new place and it was a call center and, um, and it, I, and I do this all the time that if I'm working on something tedious, I like to be doing something else to keep my mind moving. Sure. Uh, and so one of the things for me that I would do is I would, I would be talking on the phone to people and on it, I'm not missing anything they're saying. I'm, I'm not forgetting to do something. But I'll have solitaire going, um, and uh, and so that that didn't sit well with uh, with the powers that be. Um, anyway, but um, but listen well, make eye contact, um, ask, have I heard the real problem? That's right. Um, do they? No, no, no. Go ahead. L- l- let's unpack that a little bit. When when he says, "Have you heard the real problem?" A lot of times. Criticism is covering up a, a, a bigger problem. Sure. Right. So what they're saying, they don't have an issue with what actually just took place. It goes deeper. It may go back further in time than, than whatever took place. But it, it th- there's a deeper underlying issue. Right. That 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 usually brings out criticism, and it's just this was something that just kind of triggered it, or they use this as a as a moral veneer of sorts to say, look at this, this is what you said, blah, blah, blah. And then they take it out on you. Right. Yeah. Or, or it's a vehicle. Look at this, look at, look at what you said. They take it out on you, but really it's disguising a bigger issue that they want to talk about. They just don't know how to broach it. Right. Uh, so they, so they, they use the vehicle of something that, that, um, you know, that, that, that can be said to, to take it out of context and stuff like that. So, but he goes on to say, you know, who's, Who's criticizing me? You know, um, watch out for the gossips, the flatterers, the power hungry. Don't, excuse me, don't overreact to something that is uh, 
that is small by each individual. And then he said to consider the content. Um, you know, but then the, the part that really stuck out to me, cause that was a good one for me too. Uh, and a timely one, um, is uh, consider the content or the context, the timing, mm-hmm. yeah, prayer, but then consider yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, c- don't, don't be so quick to go, well, they're just criticizing me. They don't understand. They're being fill in the blank. I mean, don't, don't, don't consider yourself first um now that's receiving criticism right that is a good time correct to step back humble yourself right think back on whatever it was that maybe brought this on sure right it's a good moment for self-reflection yeah and 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 he goes on to say consider scripture memorizing scripture um it to be a rock for you and rest for your soul um, you know, and he gave some, some examples there, but, um, you know, c- consider the patience of the saints, mm-hmm. right? Nehemiah, Jeremiah, everything they walk through Isaiah, um, you know, consider your duty to love. And that's huge. Consider your duty to love even the one who criticizes you. That's right. See what makes them tick, forgive and immediately try to forget, mm-hmm. pray for your critic. Uh, don't come against him in your prayer, but pray, pray for him before in private, um, you know, feel compassion for them, put away anything that inhibits love, keep loving them no matter what. And, and, and his main text for that was something that we've read a couple of times, uh, out of first Peter two, uh, which Christ being our example, he didn't revile when reviled in return, but continued right. to entrust himself to the one who judges, judges fairly. So, mm-hmm. man, that was a good one, dude. That yeah. was a really good one. Yeah. I, 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 I agree on that. Um, and also definitely w- his last point, which was consider eternity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we can connect that with love too. Cause a lot of times these are, uh, critics are brothers in Christ or yeah. sisters in Christ yep. or yeah, you know, they're in the body. So they, you know, they need to be dealt with patiently. We've been dealt with patiently, oh, graciously. Dude. Uh, so it, at the end of the day, you've got to remember and keep in your head that this is my brother or sister in Christ. Yep. And that while this may be something that, uh, that, that is an issue, ultimately it's not an issue because eternity is settled for, yeah. for, for, whoever for for them and for, or for us that's it let's uh is th- th- that brings me to uh another point um that uh i i thought this session was phenomenal oh and by the way uh all of these sessions um from the shepherds conference all of them including the ever infamous q a <laughs> is online uh officially uh, so you can, you can go to, uh, Grace Community Church's website. You can, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search, search for the Shepherds Conference and, and they're all there. So, um, shameless plug for those guys. And we're just walking, we're jumping all around and sorry guys, but Austin Duncan, uh, who's the, the youth pastor. I think, I think college, pastor. college pastor, college pastor, um, at, uh, at Grace. And, uh, he did an excellent exposition of first Corinthians 13, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that starts out, uh, if I speak with the tongues of men and, and of angels, 
but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all the mysteries and all the knowledge and I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned but do not have love, it profits me nothing. And he did an amazing job of in context this section of scripture is so often at multiple points in the first three verses and the next uh nine verses is taken out of context so much Mm -hmm. he did an incredible job of what paul was talking about in those first three verses there's sarcasm there Mm -hmm. the corinthians desired these spiritual gifts Mm -hmm. that's all they desired Mm -hmm. but they didn't have love that's right so if you have a discernment ministry and I know the one you're talking about too. Mm-hmm. And your whole goal is to go and be seen and to yell at people while they are, um, why they are uh, filming something mm-hmm. for uh, TBN or something else. I'm like, I'm spitballing here. Um, or if you go to someone's healing crusade or right. healing night and you film yourself yelling at these people. Mm, obviously, what are you, yeah. you, uh, obviously, your goal isn't to give them the gospel. Your goal, your, is your goal to, is to be seen. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, and and Austin Duncan went so far as to say that if if that's your goal, then the you know, I mean, First John's clear. One says that you love the love of Christ in you, but you hate your brother, or you show that you hate your brother, then the love of God is not in you. And and, and we understand that some of the people that are called out are not brothers but at oh, the same sure, time sure. but at the same time you deal with them first Timothy 3:15 with gentleness and respect first Timothy 2 talks about doing so wait did i say first Timothy or first Peter first Peter 3:15 well, no, well you're right though on Timothy though too first Timothy 2 first of all then i urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead uh-oh, a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. I mean, Paul's talk, telling Timothy right there to pray for those in authority over you, uh, but we, we can't ignore that application of leading tranquil and quiet lives in all godliness, all godliness and dignity. How is that dignified? If there's someone who the Lord has sovereignly allowed them to be mm-hmm. in an authority position, mm-hmm. pastor, elder, supervisor, mm-hmm. president, king, whatever the case may be, even if they're wrong, how, how is that showing dignity and respect and living a quiet, tranquil life if you're just standing up yelling? No, no. And that's, I mean, that was honestly, man, that's, um, you know, why I, uh, I love um, what we do um, here at Matter of Theology. Um, I don't ever want us, and, and I know you don't either, neither does Nick, I don't ever want us to be a classified in, in as, as a discernment ministry. Right. Because that's not what we are. That's right. Um, uh, and if we've ever said anything that, to make people think otherwise, um, that's I apologize. An, that's that was, not the intention. That's not the intention the at intention all. The intention is to come with an open Bible and discuss issues. That's right. That's right. So, uh. Man, what about, I know one of your favorite moments was uh, Michael Riccardi. Yeah, Michael Riccardi is amazing. 
Uh, and I'm I'm going to be so bold as to say that whenever Dr. MacArthur, when the time comes for him to either retire or the Lord calls him home, Michael Riccardi is, to me, the definite shoe-in candidate to fill the pulpit. I mean, the way he exegeted scripture, the way he explained the gospel, I mean, it was so so clear. And the application that was that was brought into it. Now, his his topic was faithfulness and evangelism, mm-hmm. and th- but this wasn't evangelism as in going outside the walls. This was within the pulpit because as a church, you have people that come into your sanctuary that are not believers. Absolutely. And what do they need? They need the gospel. And a faithful evangelist is faithful in proclaiming the gospel. And Michael Riccardi did a great job in unpacking what the gospel is so that you know how to explain it. Yeah, he, he his text was 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. And it was, uh, uh, his, his points were, uh, the pastor uh, must be the lead evangelist. Mm-hmm. And that this is the church's commission, the Savior's command. Uh, if you're not fishing, you're not following, he said, and I love that. Uh, this was the apostles' mission, and this is Scripture's charge. Preach the word. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Uh, our preaching must be aimed at lost sinners and for the saints That's right. for their edification, and Lloyd-Jones is talking about mm-hmm. that right now. Where I am in preaching and preachers is that very thing. That's right. Uh, but man, he unpacked Second mm-hmm. Corinthians five fourteen through twenty one, mm-hmm. and uh, did so where I mean he he hit on huge doctrines and huge theological topics of um, uh, penal substitutionary atonement and uh, transformation, sanctification, regeneration, reconciliation, justification, um, and and he said he said we must not just get the doctrine right, we must get it out. Uh, in my study of Romans right now, mm-hmm. that 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 reminds me of of Romans one, uh, when in verse fourteen, when when Paul said, "I am under no, I am under obligation to both Greeks," and I already mentioned this verse once, Greeks and to barbarians, both wise and the foolish. So for my part, as far as it depends on me, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, mm-hmm. for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And now keep that in mind. Man. Okay. Keep that passage of scripture. Keep that in mind. Okay. Because I want to recommend another podcast called Cultish. They have a three part series called Defecting from Bethel. Everyone needs to go listen to that. The testimony of Lindsay Davis is amazing. Now, in that, she talks about how. At the Bethel uh, School of Supernatural Ministry, there was no gospel present. Mm. She asked the the teacher or 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 president of the school, you know, where's the gospel? And he he said, and now go read what you just said about Paul. Read read what he said about Paul. What or read what Paul said, and I'm going to say what this guy said okay. about the gospel. This is the Apostle Paul. You, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I 
this fires me up. Uh, uh, no, he's not. I'm just kidding. Um, I am. Oh, yeah. Y'all, I love scripture. I just need a second. I'm sorry. I need a second. Because um, this is how, this is what the Lord is doing in me right now. This section right here is huge. Okay. I am under obligation. Both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. Pausing there for a second, that means all people, all men. The Greeks, they were educated, they were learned, they, they were polished. Um, the barbarians, they could barely speak, couldn't read. Um, That's the why wise, they're called barbarians. Exactly. The wise, the foolish, and everybody in between. Verse 15. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, the dynamite, literally that means dynamite, the power of God for salvation, okay, saving from his wrath, that damnable wrath that we all deserve because of our sin. Power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Go ahead. We love the gospel. We believe the gospel. But it just doesn't get airtime. From a school that's supposed to be teaching people about Jesus. The gospel doesn't get airtime. That is not a school that is centered upon Jesus. Do you no. know why? Because the gospel centers upon Jesus. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I'm 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 pulling out my notes from my, my study this morning on this. I I I've been studying this this morning. Paul was, and this is this is a a peak at what drives Paul and should drive us. And this is what Mike Riccardi was getting at. Because uh, he was talking about the content of the gospel, but he was also giving an example of how, not, you don't have to, to mimic him, that's not what he was saying, but of how we are to share this. And Paul kind of talks about this in, 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 in Romans 1. We are to be eager. He says, he says uh, in verse 15, so for my part, as long as it depends on me to be sitting at the ready, not not going, okay, let's get the gospel part over with. Let's get this over with. No, he said to be eager to preach the gospel. You're sitting on edge. Yes. With, uh, until they say go, and then you jump on it. This is, uh, th- this is as, as, as Steve Lawson says, th- th- this is the person that you're just like, give me the ball. That's give right. me the ball. Right. I want the ball, and I'm going to take it right up the middle. That's right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to plow through. I'm ready to go. And the word eager in the Greek literally means the leaning forward stance of a runner. That's right. And, 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 and man, that, that's the goal that that's Paul's goal, um, to preach the gospel. And that's what he did. He would go into places and get stoned and left for dead. Get back up. Give me the ball again. Mm-hmm. The gospel has to be centered, c- central. Mm-hmm. Um, so for anybody that claims to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
to say that the gospel doesn't give airtime breaks my heart and infuriates me in a, in a righteous indignation uh, for that person, but then for everybody who's listening to that. That's right. Um, because that is not what Scripture teaches because at all. Because verse 16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It is what completely regenerates. Anything other than the gospel is just behavior modification. That's right. It's deliverance to be rescued from great danger. Look at verse 18 in Romans. That danger is for the wrath of God is present tense, is revealed from heaven. Present, present, active is being revealed. Yes, thank you. Thank you for, thank you. Um, From heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. I can't wait to do a a show on Romans 1. Yeah, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, aren't we? It's going <laughs> to it, it'll have to be a multi-part. Oh, dude, there's we're going to have to take an entire month. Multi, multi, multi-part because there's so much we mm-hmm. Anyway, we're going to have to break Romans 1 up into four episodes. Yeah. I didn't mean to start preaching there, but but that that that's what Riccardi did. And um and I, and and if you guys want to listen to Michael Riccardi, uh he and Phil Johnson co-pastor uh what's called the Grace Life Pulpit. Um, just search wherever you subscribe to podcasts, Grace Life Pulpit, um, and you can listen to their messages, and they are phenomenal, both of them. And I'm so. going to recommend one that's actually by Austin Duncan real quick because I sent it to— uh, Oh, man, it was so good. I oh, sent it to Chris so the other good. day, and it was really, really amazing. It's called it's good. Delivered from Death, Yeah, March 17th by Austin Duncan. And that's in the Grace Pulpit. He actually preached on Sunday at Grace for Dr. Mm-hmm. MacArthur. Um, but yeah, you can find that there as well. So now there's a, go ahead. Th- there's another session that I know hit both of us, Tom Pennington, Woo. faithful in the home and specifically about, because it was the, I mean, the conference is all men, Yep. men, husbands and how they treat their wives and their family. Yeah. I know there were several moments I just wanted to crawl in the cabinet that I was sitting on top of and just, yeah, we were sitting on the cabinet for that one. That's right. I mean, he started talking and I just wanted to climb down and get in the cabinet and just shut the door and just hide. Cause I knew he was talking about me. Tom's message is, you, you know, as a, if you're a pastor or a worship director or a children's director or a youth pastor or whatever, uh, how are you treating your wife? Is the person you are when you're standing behind the pulpit a different person than when you go home? And that's one of the things that everyone testified to about John MacArthur. He's the same person behind the pulpit as he is in his private life. Well, and, and I had the opportunity to, uh, to shake hands, and this was cool, uh, with his son, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember that? Yep. And uh, it looks just like him. Uh, he, yeah, right. He does. Um, but uh, but but that's something that he said um, during during John's 50, the actual anniversary date of the 50 years. Uh, Mark wrote um, a blog and, and, and talked about that specifically, that this that um, he is the same, that what he preaches on Sunday, he lives 
throughout the week. Um, and that, that is convicting. It's so easy. It's so easy for us in ministry and, and, uh, to, to get mission drift Yeah. to, um, to, if you're involved in ministry or if, I mean, not just ministry, if you're a leader anywhere, business world, ministry to get mission drift and, and, and forget, especially as a believer, forget that, um, that our first call is at home. That's right. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was, it what was funny about that, uh, but not funny, man, that day, that was Thursday. Th- no, it was Wednesday. That was Wednesday. I don't know. I don't know. It was Wednesday. It was one of those days. But I remember, I remember telling you after, because I have them kind of in order. Oh, we got to talk about Bodies too. Yeah. Session three, four, and five. So that was Dever, Vody, and Tom right into Edwards' breakout. Mm-hmm. So I walked away from that day mush mm-hmm. from a brain and heart standpoint. The Lord was working on me. Um, you know, between Tom, Tom, and like I said, I think it was convicting for every man there in some way, shape, or form, as it should be. Um, yeah. You know, so... Um, now, let me give some points real yeah, quick yeah, from, go ahead. from Tom. So, some things that he said. Um, as a, especially as a, a husband, and, and this is primarily speaking to all husbands that, that would listen to this, uh, here's some things to consider. Uh, our greatest concern must be our wives' spiritual well-being. Hmm. That must be our greatest concern. And leading from that, we must ask ourselves, is she more like Christ having been married to me? Where she Hmm. was before we got married, is she more like Christ now because my greatest concern was her spiritual well-being and growing her in Christ? There you go, man. I mean, it's pretty convicting. Yeah. At that point was, um, uh, I can go now. <laughs> uh, can I? Can, can I? Can, uncle, uncle. I need to go get some ice cream. Uh, sorry. Uh, no, absolutely, man. That's um, that was good. That was good. Um. Uh, so, Vody, uh, Vody Bacham, uh, he spoke about being faithful in persecution. Uh. I didn't take as many notes on this one because I just wanted to listen. Um, and, and he started talking about persecution, um, you know, faithfulness. He said faithfulness in the face of perse- persecution cannot be manufactured. It comes upon us when we don't expect it. We always have to be ready. Pride doesn't endure persecution. Typically the people who say, Man, if I'm persecuted, I'm going to stand up for the Lord, and I'm going to I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Typically, those are the people that go the other way. That's right. When the when the when the when the when the rubber meets the road. Now, to give to give context to that, so he asks the question, uh, talking about the martyrs, people who are burned, people who have been fed to lions, and he goes, you know, if we were honest, you know, talking to the men in there, I think if we were asked, would you do that? Our response would be, if we were honest, I don't know. Well, yeah, he was talking about right Second Timothy. It says Second Timothy one when I mean he's and I'm paraphrasing because he he was paraphrasing. I wrote this down as a quote: Timothy, they're about to kill me for the gospel, but here's what I want you to do: I want you to preach it until they do, and then they come after you. That's right. Preach and, it until they kill you. Yes, yeah. Preach it until they kill you. And so Paul knows the end is near, 
um, he fears the perversion of the gospel over the persecution that he's he's receiving. He said there, you know, he's saying therefore, preserve and proclaim the gospel. And in each chapter, he does that. Uh, chapter one, verse eight. Chapter two, verse three and eight. Uh, chapter three, verse ten. Chapter four, verse five. That's the theme of the letter. Um, and 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 Vody was honest, and I think if we're all honest, he said, now if I were going to write this letter, I'd be like, okay, I want you to go get the people that Peter talked about. The people that prayed and the and and the, and the jail cell broke open. Mm-hmm. That's the letter that I would write. Yeah. Not hey, preach it until they kill. I'm going to keep preaching until they kill me, and you keep preaching until they kill you. That's right. And so, yeah, I mean, he it was it was phenomenal. Um, and he said a couple of quotes from that for me were, "A passion for the gospel is born out of a love for Jesus." You know, how do you prepare for suffering and persecution by the power of God? Mm-hmm. His power is shown in the suffering. Uh, of the believer, not necessarily in the delivering of the believer, mm-hmm. and he uh, he he read some of Polycarp, Polycarp's prayers That's right. um, as he's being burned. As he's being burned, and that was man. I now some one thing that that Vody said was talking about suffering and persecution. We all suffer as a result of the. That fall. doesn't mean we're being persecuted, but that yeah. doesn't mean we're being persecuted. Now persecution is a form of suffering but it's suffering with an option if you don't want to be persecuted all you have to do as a christian is compromise compromise. (laughs) or or even just just you don't even have to just stop Mm -hmm. holding to truth or proclaiming truth just say you've stopped I mean, I thought that was mind blowing. Yep. It is. It's suffering with an option. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Dever, Mark Dever, uh, his was very practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what, I didn't write down the title of his. Did you? It was faithful in Fa- discipleship. Discipleship, and and that that that's his shtick. Mm-hmm. And I say shtick not as like a negative thing, but that's that's what he's known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave some very very practical. Um, uh, ways of of you know he said what what are our lives communicating on how we're discipling to others you know preaching by teaching the Bible that has to be central and first um, prayer that was a big one that stood out for both of us you know how are you praying for your people he keeps around a, a, in his Bible he keeps a membership directory of his church and he prays for people by name every day a yeah. different section of people uh, membership they give away books. Um, to equip the saints and help people learn who good authors are. Um, he's available to people um, and, um, and, and conversation. You know, they talk about spiritual things. You know, in reading The Great Awakening, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that Edwards and Whitfield talked about and that Joseph Tracy was communicating in that book is that as The Great Awakening happened in the 1730s and 40s, that that was, that was what was happening as far as conversation. Like people were just getting together and talking uh, religion, mm-hmm. uh, theology is, is, but he said religion in the book, but that's what he means is theology. Right. Um, that was just on their, on their minds. Mm-hmm. They were, they were just, they were just oozing mm-hmm. that. And so going back to what we were saying about social media, again, it's okay to have those conversations around theology, mm-hmm. but what's the point? What's, well, what's the motive? Yeah. Sorry. What's the motive? I mean, cause one of the things that Mark Dever said was, uh, he was referring in, I, f- I forget the exact passage in Acts, but he says, let's just go and 
see how they're doing. Acts fifteen thirty six. That's right. And he and he he just says, I love I just down. how you know complicated it is. Just go and <laughs> see how they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that was you know, good. There, there, there's nothing difficult about it. Just go and talk to them and and find out what's going on. But he said this, and this is like. Slap me right in the face. Um, he said, do you care more about how your sermon goes than about how people heard it are doing? That's right. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man. That helps us distinguish between whether or not it's a performance when we step behind the pulpit or, rather, rather, or whether or not we're actually a pastor caring for the flock. Well, and, and, and that goes even, even, even beyond pastoral leadership, but we as believers— do we care more about being right, mm-hmm. uh, defending, defending our faith? Do we care more about that than how people on the other side of the phone, of the table, of the keyboard, are doing? Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> um, do, do we? W- what do we care more about? You know. Um, so. Uh, that that was great, um, and he talks about how you know he he includes other people in ministry and, and public service, and so that was that was awesome, man. That was um, that was that was also another great great session. I, there wasn't, and this is the faithfulness of the word, right? Mm-hmm. And the faithfulness of these men uh, who uh, were speaking. Uh, th- there wasn't one session that I went to that I that uh, I did not enjoy. And that the Lord did not speak to me through. Well, that'll just about do it. I mean, <laughs> we've been talking for a while. Been talking for a while. Uh, and, and again, there's so much you want to you want to hit on, but you can't. You know, yeah. you you can't unpack everything that four that days worth yeah. of yeah of just people pouring into you. But now, we'll end on this: the highlight, at least for me, I know definitely for me, highlight of the whole thing, that private breakfast with steve lawson yeah we uh through god's grace and providence um i i met uh through the shepherds conference app when when we got registered uh to go um uh there was a guy i met who was the director of grace books his name is joey and uh he 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 sent over some tips for first time attenders and they were they were awesome we we used them um, and, uh, and, and we connected, we, we were emailing back and forth. We exchanged information, phone numbers and stuff. And, and so, uh, we, we ran into each other the first day and would keep in contact throughout the week. And, and just by God's grace and sovereignty and provision, we, we were invited, um, to have a, a, a private breakfast uh, with Dr. Steve Lawson, um, Saturday morning, the day after the conference ended before we flew back home. Um, and it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a huge highlight and, uh, um, uh, man, I I can't even, I don't even know where to start with that. That was just, that was huge. And, um, and I'm grateful for Dr. Lawson uh, for spending that time with us. There were about 10 guys there. So people there with the master seminary, I mean, and he was, oh, he was, he was just sitting there just like. All right, so come on, guys. What do you want to ask me? What what, yeah. what questions do you have that I can answer for you? Yeah, you know, yeah. he was just like it was because we had met him at G three, right? Right, and it was it, it it was like he had he always had somewhere to be. Well, this moment, the only place he had to be was in this moment. Yeah, with these ten guys. Yeah, 
And it was just, I'm here with you guys, you know. What do you got? What do you got? Yeah, and and then in that we also heard some of his struggles that that he had to deal with yep. and decisions he had to make, um, and even consulting his wife and and the things that that she said places she said she was not going to live uh, right. during their ministry. <laughs> right. So uh, you know, and she said they weren't going to live somewhere, and they didn't, and you know they stayed in Texas yeah. or whatever. But yep. Um, so yeah, that was that was definitely a highlight, especially for me because I love Dr. Lawson. Yeah, it was cool. So that was that was cool. So and um, I made him laugh, and he ate half of my bacon. So he did. Not many people can say that. He he very much did. Uh, yeah. So that that was that was a huge highlight uh, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, but yeah, you guys go check out the, if you're interested, um, if you, if you want to check out the, um, all that stuff is out and available. I think, I think it's on YouTube too. And you can watch the actual videos of the messages and all the breakouts audio. I don't know if the videos, I don't know if there are any videos from the breakouts, uh, sessions. There were, there were multiple sessions that, I mean, sessions that we didn't get to go to that, right. that we've listened to, um, uh, since then and, and, and have continued to contribute to what the Lord specifically uh, did in us throughout the week. And and look, if you guys are listening and you have a pastor uh, or leader in your church, um, encourage them to go to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is something that I think uh, each pastor, every, I mean, every pastor uh, man should, uh, should, should experience mm-hmm. um, wh- while they can, mm-hmm. um, if they can. One, to sit under just amazing teaching. Yeah. And two, to be served. Yep. Yep. So, with that, before we go, I'm going to plug a couple of podcasts. Cool. One, every day on Monday, uh, Josh Loftus up in Washington. Uh, he was actually the winner of our book, and we found out, well, he had a podcast too, and <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, check him out every day on Monday. He just interviews different people and where they serve in the church and what that looks like. So that's awesome. Uh, you don't really hear a lot about people who serve in the church and the different places that they that they serve and the impact that it has. So check out Every Day Monday and also a new podcast that's about to come out, um, Grace in Theology. They've put one episode out that kind of just details their purpose and what they're going to do. So um, we love those guys. They're supporters of us, so we want to support them as well. Uh, so check them out as uh, as they're starting to get going and support them too. So with that, we're going to end this show. We want to thank you guys for tuning in, listening yeah. to our rambling on and mental download from uh, Shepherd's Conference. So hope that what we talked about bless you guys, encourages you guys, and, you know, you walked away with some practical tips and application yeah. for for not only your ministry but your just your life your your yep. household yep. life. Um, so thank you. We love you. Go in peace. Go in Be God's blessed. Grace. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Good day. <laughs>